the Movie Hour, episode 231, May 17, 2013. Spoiler alert, the following podcast contains movie spoilers specifically concerning The Great Gatsby and plenty of swearing as well. Enjoy the show, everyone. Cheers, everyone, and allow me to be the first to welcome you to the Isla Fisher's Fantastic Movie Hour. I'm Greg Maloney, and I'm working on a pretty good drunk here, so this is guaranteed to be an awesome episode, maybe fantastic, since Isla Fisher's Fantastic Movie Hour. You never know. Uh, joining me in tonight's festivities are my brother James and everyone's favorite old sport, Jeff. Welcome back to the show, kids. Allow me to be the second one to welcome you to the show. <laughs> I saw that coming. I did. I totally nice. saw it. I wrote it in on the rundown just to make sure. <laughs> Hmm, old sport. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, are you talking yet? I've, well, Jeff and I both caught uh, The Great Gatsby this weekend, and we got some things to say, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, I'm happy you're still alive after watching it, Jeff. I was kind of surprised. I didn't hear any news about, you know, man storms <laughs> storms out with uh, leaving his large popcorn. I didn't hear anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um, and, of course, Isla Fisher being a fan of the show now and a friend of the show um, uh, is now doing – she was in The Great Gatsby, and she did you know, she did her part. She was she was all right and maybe fantastic. She was cute. She was cute. And she um, did her part. And she did her part. Um, so this week's – hasn't been full of all that much movie news. Uh, our Red Wings, our uh, local hockey sports team, is in the second round against the Chicago playing right now. Yeah, one one yeah, in terms of running scores back and forth here, trying to keep us uh, keep us happy with updates. So that's something to look forward to, keep an eye on. Very important because if we win the Stanley Cup, the movie hour gets a cut, obviously. So that's uh, that's in our contract. I thought I you were going to say we all get like free curly fries at Arby's or something. Oh god, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Can I get curly fries in Lord Stanley's Cup? Because that's that's what I want. That would be pretty cool. I, I yeah. want that too. <laughs> my dreams are the same as yours <laughs> it was zesty sauce and call it a day i'm completely down um this weekend uh we talked about last week we talked about the summer uh preview and this weekend star trek uh star trek into darkness and it's a big overall movie i know josh uh freaking co-host and was on last week picked this as his number one movie Jeff somehow picked Great Gatsby as his number one movie. Um, and, mock uh, my pain. <laughs> you mock my pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I, I'm curious, uh, what was it? Iron Man made 170? And we talked about this a little bit before. You don't think, you guys don't think, this is your chance to go back on it. You don't think Star Trek's going to beat Iron Man's opening record? No. Not a chance? Uh, no. Interesting. I, uh, I, you know, I think I said the same thing in the last week's podcast, but 170 mil does seem pretty damn high to beat, like second yeah, all time. And now that like there's movies out there already, yeah. being the first one Iron Man had the, the opening gate. Yeah, they, they threw the block, took all of it. I am looking forward to it though. Star Trek, are you gonna yeah. see it this weekend? We're gonna get. I'm gonna, a, we're I'm gonna, gonna get try. We're we gonna get a review for next weekend. I would like to. I would very much like to. It'll probably Just, be a matinee to avoid. Right. Right. Pandemonium, but. Jeff, are you going to catch this movie? At least, yeah, eventually. Yeah. I don't. I uh, I hope to catch it for a movie review next week, and maybe we'll do the same thing. 
uh, of our whole uh, Gatsby review this week. But it was interesting, you know, this weekend came out uh, with Great Gatsby and Iron Man 3 still beat at 72 million again on top of Iron Man's current current total, which puts it at like 284 million. 94, yeah. Yeah, which is forty sixth all time. Yeah, it's it's second week. It's already only kind of, like twenty four million to go before I all I don't, like, the hook. The legs, the legs on this cannot last. It cannot. It's just. I just it, want it to make it to thirty second. I'll be happy. What's it beat at thirty three? Uh, if it takes the thirty second spot, then it knocks down Crystal Skull. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how crappy the movie is. I just want it to go ahead of Crystal Skull. Kill Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh God, that's a possibility. Um, I did actually. I noticed. Uh, I I always forget the name of it, and we were talking about this before. It was the new uh, movie. Jurassic Park. The Primer director. I wish it. Sixteenth <laughs> all time. I I still ha- yeah I still haven't seen Jurassic Park but I'm totally going to. Uh, it's really good. It's about dinosaurs. <laughs> I still haven't seen the Jurassic Park in theaters 3D. Come on. <laughs> I am the biggest proponent of Jurassic Park, and everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. Um, I was I was going to say I couldn't remember the name of it, but uh, Upstream Color I noticed was um, you can rent it on Amazon. It came out on Blu-ray recently, and um, I'm totally going to rent that and watch that. Hopefully, I have some kind of. It, I hear it's just all sorts of fucked up. So hopefully, I have a coherent uh, review for you guys uh, to talk about it. That, that movie looks interesting, and I guess that brings us to. Pretty much today's big event was Jeff and I caught Great Gatsby. We've got some things to say about it, and we're probably going to discuss it in length. If you guys haven't read the book by now, I haven't. Surprised. <laughs> I guess anybody anybody that's not uh, overseas, maybe uh, maybe Noodles hasn't read it. We'll never know. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's kind of beyond that. Like I yeah. Don't... So um, I guess let's get into it, and we're gonna we're gonna get pretty. There will be spoilers. So if yeah, you guys only uh, had a hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> So. Uh, yeah, if you're worried about it, time to tune out. So let's talk about the Great Gatsby. Jeff, how about uh, you lead the conversation, and we'll uh, we'll talk about some highlights and maybe uh, a lot of lowlights. All right. So uh, as as listeners of the show and friends of mine know, this is one of my favorite books uh, ever. I I just absolutely love this book. I think it it does a lot of. Uh, I think it, it does exactly what a piece of literature should do, which is. Um, really cast light on on set, like an issue in a way that is is so deep and uh, and and memorable and meaningful. Uh, it really really just shines as a, as a piece of literature and what literature can be. Um, That's good. And um, the movie, there have been several movies made over the years, and this is the latest installment. And I actually I watched the uh, the thing have with you seen Stephen the Colbert. Yeah, I've, I've seen the Redford and the uh, and the Paul Rudd one. Okay. Um, I watched this thing with Stephen Colbert and Baz Luhrmann said something that I agreed with. They, he said that this generation is is ripe for a new Gatsby, or that it, you know every generation or a lot of generations have had one, and this generation didn't yet. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it, it's sort of about the, like the corruption of the American dream and what money actually gets you in in some ways, and like and uh, and just. Uh, opulence and decadence and, and all right decadence that, is the word decadence is the word we're looking for right for sure. and, and all the all these things are incredibly incredibly um you know uh applicable to to today i think in a lot of ways in fact you know um just thinking about this i can think of people i know that that different parts of this uh apply to in, in certain ways and it's 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 very 
I don't know. I think that's what makes it so amazing is it was written almost a hundred years ago, which nothing compared to, you know, some older books, but whatever, like, but applies so vividly to what's going on. And I think that here's where the movie fails is that it, it, it keeps some of the same themes, but it fails to, uh, it's almost like, it's just, it's almost like A and E could have done this or like, the like the hallmark channel or something like it like it like it just takes the book and like now instead of being you know words on a page it's leonardo dicaprio saying it like it, there's nothing when you when you take when you take a piece of media and you turn it into a different uh like genre of media or g- different not genre but like i guess just a different media if you if you take a book and turn it into a movie it, in order to do a good job with it you need to make some actual changes to it not necessarily the plot but like the the tone or something needs to change about it and it, otherwise it just it, it's it's not interesting to the people that are familiar and love the the book and i feel like they're really banking on people that are familiar and love the book to, for loving this too um i feel like they didn't do it like i feel like a successful job of this would have been to take some of the lines from the book that clearly only belong in a book and ignoring them right and and, or changing them into like a a different vernacular so you know like just a more realistic vernacular um and i feel like they didn't do or when they did do that they did it with all the wrong stuff it seemed like there are lines when you read this book that you think no one would ever say that and they didn't change those ones yeah there's other ones um let's step back a, a little bit before we like to to your point I agree with you. There's a lot of, I don't know if it was just like the gravitas of the book made them think, okay, we can't change this line. Like it's iconic. Like we can't, we can't move it. But I, I agree with you. Like what, like this, it sounds like the book. A a lot of it's in terms of dialogue. It sounds like the book for sure. Right. And there's a difference between like staying true to the book and staying to the letter of the book. And, um, the, the times that they, they went way off reservation. Um, like for instance, instead of Nick just being the narrator, Nick is now narrating from like a mental ward in Minnesota or something like that. That's a total change in tone. And I think I don't, uh, I don't think it added anything. In fact, I thought that what? having him as like the author of this story, as opposed to uh, as opposed to just a narrator, I thought it, it did a disservice to it. Yeah, basically. agreed. But before before we get to that, the the book it's like going to the book and the story. Like the, this movie, you get introduced to Nick Carraway. He's he's the guy we follow around. He's our narrator. He's the guy that Does tells. Does he narrate the, story the whole thing, like as it goes? Not the, yeah, like you're okay. talking about the movie, yeah, 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 yeah. Or um, the book for that matter, because I don't know either. It's it's yeah, yeah it's he, he starts and ends it, and yeah, he's right. Okay. He's right. the narrator. He um, is who you see the story through. Yes, and we end up, uh, we get introduced to him, and for those that don't know the layout very much, this is like it's supposed to be like the is it supposed to be mid twenties, nineteen twenties, um, or is it supposed uh, to be like. I think, 17, I think it's the the early twenties or the late yeah. uh, teens. Um, but and uh, don't quote me on that. Right. So, pretty much, he moves into there's two the two areas of Long Island, the West Egg and the, and the East Egg, and West Egg is where the new money is. East Egg is where the old money is. Nick Carraway is kind of a guy that has some status but has no money. He's pretty much moved into the West Egg based on like just a circumstance that ended up working in his favor and he ends up living in this small shack next to all this new money 
uh, new money people. And Gatsby ends up being one of those people. And his way into like society status was a big thing and getting to the whole American dream, building yourself up theme. This is part of it, but Caraway knows uh, Daisy Buchanan, who is married to Tom Buchanan, who is old money, lives in East Egg, and they end up hanging out a couple times, and it ends up being a situation where uh, Gatsby, who's Buchanan, Buchanan, uh, Caraway's neighbor, uh, ends up somewhat using Nick to end up meeting Daisy, who is his old flame, which that's as much as I'm really going to go into the plot. Uh, what ends up happening in the movie, and, and I guess in the book, well, more specifically in the book, was Caraway, like, yes, he's your narrator, and this is how, like, I haven't read the book as many times as Jeff is. Jeff loves it a lot more than me, but um, in my opinion, the in there, he's almost, like, he's, you know, he's your... He's kind of like your line for reason. He's a guy that's looking at what's happening and kind of trying to just pull from it. Like the very beginning of the book, uh, Jeff, can you recite the first line? Because I can't. But that, um, in my younger and more impressionable years, or something along those right, lines, vulnerable years. Like more my, vulner- thank you. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my dad gave me some advice, like something about people. Other people haven't had the same um, advantages advantages uh, that you have when you grew up. So he gives people the benefit of the doubt and taking that from square one and applying it to everybody meets uh he ends up pretty much deciding that gatsby is a better person than everybody else he's met and based on you know what they're trying to do what they're trying to achieve and this american dream thing um what i don't like about the movie this like that was kind of describing the book in the movie they've turned nick caraway into Still that guy, but implying that after everything happens, he's depressed. He's like, what? Are the, what was the list of things he was suffering from? Right, Wait, right. He yeah. doesn't turn into like he's not the moral authority that he is in the book. He's now this guy that's kind of sick and messed up from what happened, and I don't like that at all. And that, that's what you were kind of what you're saying. Like they've changed Nick to this person that's telling a story in sort of a psychiatric situation like in a like uh, talking to a psychiatrist and i don't like that at all it makes me think that whatever tone i feel in the movie it's nick caraway has been it's it's broken. a really good point there's a there's something that also got left out of the movie um an interesting part of the book where uh nick says that like everybody um everybody uh, ascribes themselves one of the cardinal virtues and his is honesty that he's like always honest and that, yep. that's sort of left out of the movie which you know whatever that you got to leave some stuff out but it just seems like that's an important thing to uh to get across that like he he, he sort of prides himself on this versus being in a psych ward uh, it does it it adds a very different tone oh. uh, as, also as far as tone i think some i think the thing that drove me really crazy about this is that this this in the book, Jay Gatsby is sort of this analog for America and the American right. dream, and like, and what that means, and it, that really doesn't come across. There's the last like page and a half of that book are just fucking epic, and they they eliminate a lot of it about about connecting him to what it, what it means to be like to be a, a, a first generation American and what it means like the first people that that came to America and things like that. Um, and that really was sort of eliminated. So instead of being a story about America and, and our, our dream and what we think, it turns into a story about this one guy who seen, you know, this one kind right. of 
almost schmuck if you think about it and you don't say this is all of us in a way um i don't know like it, it like so really let's, without that he is just a crook and a schmuck right um let uh, i apologize to everybody that hasn't read the book by the way yeah, jim sorry, do you follow this, this, this at all this is going to be a little mas- masturbatory for me I, uh, yeah. <laughs> jim are you following this at all uh yeah what like Give us some questions, Jim, because we have a lot to talk about. So do you have any specific, like being an outsider looking at this movie that hasn't read the book, like do you have any specific questions? I mean, questions? My, my questions aren't really about the story so much as it is like being a guy who hasn't read the book. I mean, will I get any enjoyment for seeing this movie? I think maybe more than I did. Okay. <laughs> so you think it's a detriment then going in? I, from I point still wouldn't, like cutting to the chase, I still probably wouldn't see it if I were you. Okay. Um, but well, the big thing for me there's is there's a uh, there's a 2000 player, so. version with Paul Rudd and uh, Mia Sorvino and the guy from Star Trip Troopers that I would highly recommend over this. Lots of friends of the show. Gotcha. Okay, and that's higher than the Redford version to you. Yeah, I the, hate the Redford, Redford version. version. Was very, I don't know, it seemed kind of stale. It's uh, it's it's pretty 70s, like yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so let's look at a couple of specifics then instead of sort of doing broad strokes on, on what we didn't like. I agree with you in general. Like the theme of the book was lost. They tr- like, I know it kind of sucks because their, uh, their climax is spoiler alert. Gatsby getting shot at the end and they kind of like wrap it up really quick when they really need to spend a little bit more time with Nick, like rat, like discussing why this is so fucked up and stuff like that, even though that doesn't make a good ending. I, I understand how they changed it, but I felt like that hurt the theme of it. Um, but to some specifics that I liked, like this, Boz Lerman did this, and we talked about it before. This is your Romeo. Yeah, it's his stamp on this at all. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yes. his stamp, like music is one of his things, and I must admit, I like the soundtrack to this movie. They, I, thought, I thought it was a really cool idea, and I wish they would have followed through <laughs> with it a little bit more. Right, like, there was there were some things I didn't like so much, but the soundtrack itself in general, um, I thought he did a pretty good job, and that's Boz. Is it of the times or is it modern? Kind of like Not what he would have done. No, it's like Jay Z, and um, yeah, it's okay. it's pretty cool. Well, the- it's yeah, like Jay Z ended up um, producing it, but he's like uh, there's you know Florence and the Machine, the XX, like there Jack White, there's all sorts of people that have songs on this thing. Gotcha, and it's uh. I, I liked it, and I, I think if you guys are Boz Lerman fans, and that's usually his mo, right? Putting right, music. You, yeah, music is this is Boz is Boz. But like I'm saying, he usually goes with the modern style as opposed to of the times. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He'll he'll trick out some. Because I've never seen a Boz Lerman film. So oh, you never saw dark. Romeo and Juliet? No. no. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm in the dark on this entire film. <laughs> like about this. Who's this Leo guy? Is he famous? <laughs> I don't know. So, and I think. It, so stamp one music he pulled that off his visuals um you've seen the trailers like there's obviously a lot of blown up blown up uh, party scenes and i think those did do a pretty good job at least in the he the did middle, a good job with the, the, the color symbols which are a big part of the book i, I have to hand it to him <laughs> yeah and the i would say the middle got a little lost but the initial party and then some stuff at the very end was just showing and using the word decadence again, like the just the falling out of what's happening beyond just uh, material wealth is just hilarious, and I, I think he did a good job of that. Um, but it seemed like in the middle, I got kind of fucked up. This is good. So it's back to the book and how 
I guess he was trying to do his own little thing, and that's that's fine. I didn't like it all that much. Where they go to the apartment at first, where Tom Buchanan, who da- who's Daisy Buchanan's husband, has a uh, what would you call him a, a girl on the side, um, yeah, sure. who he pretty much takes Nick and this girl to an apartment, and they have a a frolic slash party that involves like eight ten people, and they go into this whole thing about drugs and shit that seemed way off base that seemed i don't know but i thought that faltered a little bit the visuals though i I think lerman did a pretty good job i getting how true to the book they were probably not the greatest but in terms of wanting to see this movie i'll tell you right now jeff did you see it in 3d (laughs) i did guess how much by the way i meant to mention this earlier just guess how much a 3d ticket i went and saw this movie on a weekday at 4 20 in the afternoon how much is a 3d ticket at 4 20 in the afternoon 1350 i'm gonna gonna guess 12 dollars okay we have 1350 and 12 (laughs) dollars all right we've both underbid i'm gonna give you guys another shot um i'm going 1750 15 we've both underbid wow what the fuck? I'm not going well, to just tell me the name of the movie you want to see. <laughs> $19 to go see this movie in three dimensions. So, was that considered a matinee? I don't know if it was considered a matinee or not. I, it doesn't. I, I really. Before you get into that, I'll, I'll say watching this and I watched it in 2D, the normal, the norms. And you could tell the movie was made for 3D and it kind of pissed me off. There were some things where it's like. I guess this gets to a greater discussion. Like now that we have these multiple technologies, are people directing for Blu-ray? Are they directing for DVD? Are they directing for 3D Blu-ray? Are they directing? Like there are things they're dealing with. And when you see this movie and it's not 3D, you miss out. I guarantee you, like you'll see it and you'll be like, okay, this kind of looks strange. Oh yeah, this is a 3D movie. That's why. And they definitely did a pretty good job with the 3D. I mean, some of it was I, I never really care for 3D. I thought some of it was distracting, but the, the but there was some really good stuff in there also. Yeah, like I, I didn't see. I should have done my homework to see if they actually shot with any 3D cameras or if it was treated afterwards. But it seemed you can tell when you see it normally, um, you're missing out, and that kind of sucked. And I don't know. You know, it's a t- I don't like dealing with that as a director's can't be easy, but um, I kind of I felt left out, which kind of sucked. I had a I had a frowny face. Um, so <laughs> can I talk you... about the music for a second? Yeah, yeah. Go back. Um, I thought I, I was with you on this. I thought the music was really cool. And I, I sort of wish that he would have used that as a point of departure. And I, I, I know not everything he does is going to be Romeo and Juliet, but I feel like if you're going to make. If if you're gonna make a movie and redo and I don't know I wish he would have just put all of it modern or something like that like I wish I wish he would have made it less easy to judge it directly against the book because he basically like I said at the beginning just took the book and tried to put you know actors saying the thing instead of like right. words on a page I and I really wish he would have had the uh, I don't know like the the fortitude or the, the I, may, maybe not I, but it seems like I would rather had have had him take a risk and done something totally bizarre with it and fucking failed miserably but having right. like, like at least have tried something different if that makes sense no I no I agree with you like Lerman usually fucking deranges things and with right. this he didn't he like he made it visually attractive and you know there are some very pretty faces in this movie um, friend of the show Ella Fisher and. I think he, I don't know why he lost his balls on this movie. Like, I don't know why he didn't decide to go crazier with it. And 
So the, the fault think... the fault lies solely on his shoulders. Then like anybody, I think so. Yeah, like he he wrote the screenplay like, too. Right? Was, was okay, and yeah, like that. Um, well, Bear was okay. Right, going. That's that's the next step before we get to the actors in it. I think, like, I think Baz Luhrmann should have just went nuts and, like Jeff was saying, like I think for some reason he decided to stick quote to quote what was in the book and. Uh, I think maybe again it has to do with just maybe these are lines are just that are so important in the American psyche that I didn't want to change them. Like he knew this was going to generate this reaction and decided to stick with it. I, don't I mean, know. like yeah, Great Gatsby's big, but Romeo and Juliet's got to be bigger, and he fucked <laughs> that thing pretty hard. Like yeah, I, he did. I mean, I liked. It. And yeah, I, yeah, it's really cool. So like, for Romeo and Juliet, did he like make up a lot of his own dialogue, or did he take no, a the lot? dialogue? Actually, that's I should do it. yeah to clarify for everybody that hasn't seen it, the dialogue is um practically exactly word for word. I think there are a, a couple of like scenes skipped, but um practically exactly word for word. But everything is done in like modern L.A. as yep, opposed okay. to uh, as opposed to Verona in the 15th century or 16th. And the music century. was also badass, all very modern like. And right. so he yeah. so he stuck to the same mo then here because you said that he left. Yeah, he kept the he kept the the word to word thing. That's a good point. Right. He did keep a lot straight from the book, and it was just in this scenario, it seems like it didn't. And all the stuff he did, he put it still in the past. He put it like in the same time frame and stuff like that. And Romeo and Juliet, when it's not Shakespearean times, you've got a feeling like when it's supposed to be like 1990, and it's right. Romeo and Juliet, it's a lot different. And it's uh, uh, like you, this was supposed to be. This looks like an exact copy of the book. Right. It, the, right. the visuals are still kind of cool. Um, that stuff's very extravagant, and they do a good job of showing that for for Gatsby. Um, okay, let's. Um, I, one more thing, one more thing, if you don't mind. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. So no. I think that part of the thing about the Romeo and Juliet thing that was so cool is that it shows that it's this timeless story. Like, that that you can take this and, you know, somebody says draw your sword and they pull out guns, but still, the, like, the story is timeless. This yeah. could happen now, which is really cool, I think. Yeah. And, and the Great Gatsby, like what Baz Luhrmann said in that interview, like, this generation is ripe for this story because it's happening now, but he didn't take it to, like, to that level, and I think that's just disappointing, I guess. Right. I can understand that. It seems like on the Vermeer and Juliet level, like he made it modern with the you know the scenery and all that right. stuff, whereas they he did nothing with this movie. Right. He's just it's like 3D. let it stand on its own. It's and, oh yeah, three D. Yeah. That's how he did it. <laughs> okay, um, let's move to like I, I know we like the Gatsby stuff. We can keep ripping on, and I want to talk about a little bit about the actors in it. Yeah, I've yeah. got one question about that. So yeah, um, when I saw it, I was mainly uh keep an eye for a couple like i don't think anything on the on the page anything in the movie i think leo leo dicaprio as jay gatsby did a decent job um the guy can act i think some of the direction toward the end was a mess like i don't the end of the movie was kind of like when i saw when i saw the end of it like where gatsby dies and I just did not get like I know I'm supposed to be like overwhelmed with emotion at that point, and I was kind of laughing like a little bit. I don't know if Jeff got any of that. No, I I, I was waiting for it to be over because yeah. how it ended, and I wasn't impressed with the movie. <laughs> right, right. Around around the middle when that the first apartment scene happened, when I was I started laughing. I was like, okay, this is pretty this is pretty off the hook. But um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, 
I didn't think DiCaprio did a very, very, uh, very bad job or anything. Um, your other Isla Fisher, obviously being you number one, she ends up playing the the girlfriend to uh, Tom Buchanan. But Tobey Maguire is the other big play Jesus in here Christ. as Nick <laughs> And yeah, there he's not really asked of much in this, so it's a it is a Tobey Maguire movie because you know he's again he's supposed to be the outsider looking in kind of like just noticing everything that happens around him and he does that but there's a part where you know he's supposed to get kind of emotional towards the end and it doesn't like he breaks in the end which happens in the book too but he ends up getting angry and it, uh, like he doesn't pull it off like he cuz he can't act <laughs> yeah, he, were... he was he's really fucking bad in this he's supposed to be your like your filter into this world yeah. and and he, he he's completely I can't. You can't. Identify it just looks like he's stoned the entire time. At all, he's terrible. He's just <laughs> yeah. awful. Uh, you know, and also I think part of that is the script. They took away any depth that he had in the uh, in the book and changed it for like just pure like idiocy. I guess I don't know. Right. I, I'm not impressed. Um. Uh. How did my boy do, Jason Clark? He did good. Um. He ended up. He plays George Wilson, who is the. Which gets us to the Boz Lerman thing again. I forget what that area in the in the movie. There's supposed to be an area between uh, the uh, Valley of uh, Valley of Ashes. Yeah, like between the Long Island area to New York, okay. and this area is just supposed to be like complete industry, kind of like the armpit of armpit of the city, and you have to drive through it to get to the city, and from their from their homes. George Wilson owns a gas station like in the middle, so it's a very convenient stop and his wife who's isla fisher um is who buchanan's having a fling with and he pretty much has to you know he plays the like downtrodden salt of the earth guy who ends up kind of losing it toward the end of the movie but he's very small part like he's in it for five minutes but he rocks it but he does a good job yeah who i do want to give a couple i do have props for two people um first one tom buchanan joel edgerton he plays a good Tom. I must admit, he did, he did do, he did everything right, and I think he ends up. Was this the guy that was supposed to be the ex football player? He was supposed to be the ex football player. I remember yeah. Jeff a long time yeah, ago. That's, that's him. Yep. Um, he ended up like Tom Buchanan's a guy that has to go from being a like very snobby jock type guy to getting a little emotional and in a in a fight with uh, Gatsby to kind of kissing and making up with. Uh, Daisy, who is Gatsby's uh, true love, etc. Um, and I think he does a good job. Which gets us to Daisy, who is probably the most in- most in- interesting character in the book. Are you a Daisy fan, Jeff? Because Daisy's kind of, like to me, Daisy is the one where you got yeah, like you believe in her like a hundred percent until the end, until like the last quarter of the book, and you start thinking about how awful of a person she is and. I think Carrie Mulligan pulled that off, and I I, uh, I don't know. Like, that's, that's I know yeah. nothing about the book. Yeah, I I think um I think that Daisy is a is an incredibly interesting character. She's definitely not my my favorite right. character, but I but I uh, I agree. I think Carrie Mulligan did a pretty good job with her. James, um yeah, I was just gonna say like I you know like I said I haven't read any of this or you know watched the movie. We've but... lost everybody, so it's just us at this point. Yeah, so. um, <laughs> but it 
is it does she kind of represent like the person who gets caught up in all the decadence like i feel like she's the one that like is almost like the enabler of the story is that fair to say so the thing with daisy is that she is uh she she's represented uh by the color white which is supposed to mean like purity and like this and this wonderful thing like like you know she's sort of like this 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 dream almost but then as the as the book continues and as the story continues the the white starts to represent like blandness and like uh and in like uh instead of innocence just sort of like uh like this this completely like a, like a canvas that anything right. awful can be yep. painted on in a way and um at least that's how I feel about it. And yeah, you start off thinking that like, wow, there's not not necessarily like thrown into this, but here's this like somewhat sympathetic character who's who's rich, but like has a heart and like and has been sort of like sort of co-opted by by this by this brutish man who like in the first couple chapters you find out is cheating on her like and not really doing a whole lot to hide it and and all that good stuff and then uh and then you find out that she's just kind of a really nasty nasty person too Hmm. okay I think, yeah, I, I'm sorry again to everybody that hasn't read the book that we're just bitching about yeah, this. Uh, he's apologizing for me because I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, it's 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 absolutely true. And the, for those of you that, that caught the movie, I am curious about how you felt, felt about it, especially if you haven't read the book. And I think... I think those that haven't read the book and are looking for a movie to see, like, I still don't think this is something you want to catch. Like, I think it'll be more lost and... Even though it's supposed to be, you know, a, a book and a movie about uh, kind of just this strive for material wealth and building yourself up from from the ground, and it's I don't think it pulled it off. And I think uh, going to uh, beating on the movie again was there were things like the Nick Carraway psychiatric situation toward the end. Uh, talking to a psychiatrist and a couple other things that he decided to add that Boslerman or whoever part of the screenplay decided to add. Um, I think it was Craig Pierce also co-wrote it and the stuff where they go into showing Gatsby in the book is this character who has some kind of hidden past. Like, you know, he might like you get the impression that he may have done some dirty things to get where he is today to pull, to be this very wealthy person. And in the movie, they really go to long lengths to describe like what Gatsby's past was like, which I think also did pulled away from the real like themes in it. And it's just like the whole, you know, the past isn't all that big of a deal when it comes to, trying to figure out how they got there. Like it's important to know that maybe he did some shady things, but we don't need to know who his affiliations are, what exactly he does. Like they talk about it a little bit in the book, but I feel like they spent an extra 15 minutes discussing it in this movie. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they gave like, it's, you know, it's a few pages in the book where they, where they give his like actual backstory and all that stuff. Like, and that's, that's fine. But they, they gave it like a disproportionate amount of time in the movie. Like they, it, yeah, they put it, everything about that in the right. movie while cutting out some other things that could have been more. Important. And I'm just yeah, and I'm just saying for it makes me feel like they're pull, not that the fact they just added meat to it. It's just it seems like they pulled away from they're making they're trying to put emphasis on that for some reason. I don't know why, uh, and that it bothers me. But so Jeff, if we had to do a rating system, we've never done like a terrible rating system. We've done like the the seal of approval, um, but 
we've never given it a terrible thing. Like, if you were to give this, like, a one out of five, like, one through five, one being the worst, five being the best, what would you give this movie? You know, it's it's hard because I had... And I, this like, was your number one movie for the summer, right, Jeff. This I, was I your even talked about movie. how I knew yeah. I was going to be disappointed. Like, <laughs> it would have taken so much to impress me with this movie. Probably. I think that, honestly, like, I think if I didn't have such high expectations and if I weren't so familiar and in love with the story, I, I think I, I think I could have found some enjoyment in this movie. Um, so I'm going to say two and a half stars. Right. I think... Um... That's tough to disagree with. It's just it's hard to come at like James. You've seen the trailer to this, right? Like many does times. Does it yeah. look interesting to you at all? Uh, it does a little bit. I I'm a little different because as soon as it's Toby McGuire flashes across <laughs> the screen, I <laughs> shut down. But yeah, like it's so fucking bad. Why do they keep putting him in shit? I don't know. I've been preaching against it for a while, but no one listens to me. But uh, well, you are like a thousand years old. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're telling it to the kids right after you tell them to get off their lives. That's right. <laughs> also, stop putting Toby in <laughs> It's all the truth. Oh. Yes, yes. The the trailers did intrigue me. I did like the use of the music and the visuals and all that stuff. So I I was enraptured a little bit. I think. Whoa! What did I just do? Um, I'm playing around with this. Okay. Yeah. I think. Watching it from the outside, not being not have read the book, and knowing that it's like a love story and a drama, like I just I still even from that perspective, I don't know. Like I'd still like I'm probably even go as a low as a two for, uh, for this whole situation. So, I don't know. Um, I don't think you. I don't recommend anyone watch it unless uh, unless you don't like Star Trek because Star Trek comes out this weekend and you can just watch that instead. <laughs> Although Iron Man three was pretty bad too, so. We are yet to see a, a good movie, so maybe Star Trek will be the savior. It's I hope your- so. I watched the, the latest one on my wall this past weekend, so I'm, I'm pumped for it now. It's not your father's Star Trek, Jim. No, it isn't. It's just like our forefathers. But I'll probably end up watching it with my father, so we'll see. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah, I guess that, that wraps up our Gatsby review. I know it's kind of all over the place, and I think, I don't know, I think uh, I feel sorry for America. They missed out. And the people that could have learned a lesson from this could have, could have go read the book, people. Go read the book. Um, so I guess we should discuss a little bit. We don't have a, a new Parker Posey this week, but we do have uh, last week, so we should bring a little bit of the answers to. And I've thought about more. Like We talked about it after the show wrap, too, um, a little bit about just other answers we would have put up on our wall. The question from Jim being like, it was a situation. It's a friend, friend of the show, Brandy, right? Like she's actually. We have a friend that's actually having a kid, and they're yes. making their. What are they? What do they call the nursery? Them? Nursery. <laughs> what, what do they call those? Babies? Are those rooms that have babies in them. <laughs> they're making their nursery with a uh, superhero thing. Correct. And they know it's a boy already, right? They do. And yeah. she's got a picked out picture of a montage of superheroes, both DC and Marvel combined. And she was looking for a quote to put on the wall next to this po- or next to this Super picture. Superhero-ish. So we we talked about it a little bit on the show, and right. um, the did you? It was your question, Jim. Do you have a uh, an answer that stuck out for me? Well, apparently mine's the winner because that's the one they're going with. So I can't. I Are you have, serious? They yeah. did. You don't. Did you tell them our other ones or no? Uh, no, no. Because I don't know if you remember when I was asking the question, they were having the the party like as we were speaking. Oh, so, so really? It was behind was, the times, but. Uh-oh. Man, so I had a feeling that we could have made an impact here. Like we could, we could. Like she could probably change her order if she wanted to. So if if something was awesome, then I could tell her about it. Right. 
I guess yours is yours is about the longest you'd want to get. Yours is like from Batman. Where does he get such those wonderful toys? Right. <laughs> you go any longer than that, you've got a book on your wall, and that's just true. That's a problem. Yes. So I've I've already seen the the mock up of the size. So it's pretty good. Cool. Did you like any of the answers that uh I think we got a couple from <laughs> the hilarity of seeing a Hulk smash on the wall would be pretty fun. <laughs> got the Hulk elsewhere, so it make out it work perfectly. Right. It's, it's not like they have the Joker running around in their in their nursery. Right. Which yeah, by the yeah. way, you're probably you gonna really t- want to mess up a kid. Yeah, you're gonna turn him into a villain. Yeah. Instead, he's <laughs> just gonna be somebody smashing. <laughs> Well, you're a villain now <laughs> well, we, could get, a villain. we could get into like i haven't read the hulk but it's a, it's an interesting character i think the hulk has a a dynamic to him that's uh it's got themes it's got a little bit of a got a little bit of a symbolism symbology there that we could we could discuss but yeah i think um I think your answer was wasn't bad. I like mine better, but that's that's because it's me. So I guess uh, that'll be it for this week. We have uh, more discussed next week. Hopefully, Star Trek doesn't break 170 million. I'm I'm very curious on how it does. I'll probably be one of those people catching it. So we have that to look forward to. And uh, the if summer goes in 3D. There's a good chance I'll be the one that breaks it into 100. God, yeah, that. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Like I, 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 I knew I was going to this movie. It could have said like thirty four dollars. I would have been like fuck it and paid it. But like, I could not believe it. Nineteen dollars. Yeah, for our four thirty show on a weekday. That's ridiculous. Uh, and it was pretty good though in three D. You said it looked pretty good. I would say Jared <laughs> spent the extra thirty dollars like Jeff did and watch it in three D because if you see it in two D, you'll feel like you got cheated and you probably did. Um, but Jeff feels like he got cheated too. What a conundrum. Uh, so. James, Jeff, I guess that is it for this podcast. Another one in the bag. We'll talk next week. Thank you for your input. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Drive your big yellow car safe. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. The Isla Fisher's Fantastic Movie Hour. The old sport.